welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high achieving, goal oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 209, Dry January Kickoff. Hello, hello, hello. Happy. Happy New Year! Woohoo! <laughs> How are you all? I am very, very excited about 2023. I just closed down enrollment to my final cohort of my six month Stop Over Drinking and Start Living coaching program. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of the new members. I'm so excited for the next six months with you. And I'm really excited to start building my next big thing. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you guys to get on the list to hear the announcement of my next thing. It'll probably be coming at the end of the month or early February this year, and you don't want to miss that. There's going to be some um, early opportunities for people to sign up for some of the things that I'm doing, and there's going to be a limited number of that, and it will be going very, very fast. So (laughs) I don't want you to miss that out. So make sure you click through to the show notes and follow that link to sign up to be on the list to hear the first announcement of the next big thing. And this week I am doing a replay, audio replay of a class that I just taught yesterday called Kicking Off Dry January. I did an hour long class on all things dry January and it's really, really good. It was amazing. We talked about how to overcome social situations, how to identify your obstacles that might be coming up this month. And I just want you to know that even if you're not doing Dry January, this is a really, really good class for you to listen to because I talk about a lot of the core concepts that I teach to stop over drinking. A lot of people in the class weren't doing Dry January, but they want to cut back. So we talked about that. Um, We talked about doubts and fears and worries about doing Dry January, and we made it fun. I want to help you guys make this easy and doable and fun. And so I highly recommend that you listen to this episode, take some notes, and start believing that you can change your relationship with alcohol. And it is going to happen this year. All right, my friends, enjoy the class, and we'll talk to you soon. Welcome. We're going to talk about Dry January today. Um, I want to get a little pulse check on where you guys are with dry January. First of all, just let me know in the comments if you are if you have already actively committed to taking January off of alcohol. So just hit yes or no in the comments if you are participating in dry January. Committed. Woohoo! Yes, 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 no, yes, committed, committed, no, yes, yes, yes. Okay, committed, yes, for the first time. Hi, Dory. Denise, hi, everybody. Amy, yes. Okay. Not yet. Ooh, I was wondering, Are there? Is there anybody like, I want to, maybe this class will inspire me. I'm interested in it. I think that could be helpful for me, but I'm just not sure. Ooh, first time ever. Hey, Karen. Yes. Yeah. You're just kind of like, mm, I want to want to, but I'm just not sure. Exploring the possibility. Yes. Perfect. Cool. Well, I just want you to know that um, you're a firm maybe, Allison. Awesome. Um, you don't have to claim that you're doing dry January to participate in any of the calls that I'm doing this month. Okay. So I just want to offer support for people who are doing it, um, for people who are wanting to cut back this month. It's a very popular month to drink less, right? It's a socially acceptable month for people to say, hey, you know, I'm doing dry January or some some sort of it, right? And their friends don't really ask a lot of questions or the bartenders might not say anything or whatever, right? Like it's a it's a safe place that people feel more comfortable to sharing that publicly or out loud, right? And um, so if, if you wanna kind of tap into that, no matter what you're doing this month, that's awesome. And I wanna encourage you to do that. Make it easy for yourself. So part of what I teach is like, how can we make this fun and easy? Because our brain is motivated to seek pleasure and avoid pain and save energy, okay? And if we 
think something's going to be hard or difficult or awkward, we're less, we're going to be less motivated to go do it. Does that make sense? So we want to think about this month and approach this month with like, oh my God, how can I make this fun? How can I make this easy for myself? If I am interested in cutting back, I can ride the wave of this energy of dry January, even if I'm not doing it, be like, oh, I'm exploring, you know, doing some dry days this month, right? It, it's an easier thing for us to share. A lot of times, if you're new to this space, we get hung up on what we're going to tell other people about why we're not drinking or why we're cutting back. And this offers an opportunity for, for that to be a little bit easier for people. Now, I do recommend that you, one of the tools on changing your relationship with alcohol is working on letting go of what other people might think about your drinking. Um, really, it's the only thing that we have to explain that's a drug to why we're not doing it, right? It's a legal drug. <laughs> and it's it, it kills a lot of people every year. And But still, our society has accepted this as a normal thing to do. And when we don't do it, especially for around a lot of drinkers, they can ask a lot of questions or push back on you or you now you have a problem and you don't need to have a problem to do dry January. You don't need to have a problem to want to drink less. That's the cool part of this stuff too. Just because you claim that you want to drink less doesn't mean that there's some something wrong with you or this big, dark, dirty secret that you're carrying around, right? Like it's not a big deal. You should drink less. It's healthier for you. <laughs> okay. Oops. Let me turn that off. Yeah, Jennifer, I'm hoping to drink less this January, but maybe that will lead to not drinking at all this month. Cool. All right. So I love where you guys are. Um, thank you for sharing that with me. I'm Angela, by the way. If you're brand new to a, a coaching call with me or a, a class with me, can you tell me in the comments if this is your first time or if you are a repeat visitor? Um, welcome back. And if you are brand new, I'm Angela. I'm a certified stop over drinking coach. I specifically help women. Um, explore their relationship with alcohol. I've developed many programs to help women cut back. I have a podcast. It's called Stop Over Drinking. Hi, first timers. Hi. Hi, Erin. Repeat. Yay. Um, I have a podcast. It's called Stop Over Drinking and Start Living. It's on all of the podcast players or on my website, angelamasenek.com. It's a weekly podcast that I publish. There's over 200 episodes. A lot of you guys have found me through that. Um, and I have a six-month coaching program that we just um, enrolled our last round into. I've done some shorter things as well, some shorter coaching programs. Um, but this month, I want to just, you know, have some free support for people who are exploring dry January and try to open their minds up to thinking about this in a fun and more exciting way than maybe you have in the past. Hi, Jen. You're so welcome. Hi, Margaret. Welcome. So for your first timers, I used to be somebody who overdrank for 20 plus years. I struggled being on again, off again, big time dieter. I was put on a diet by my parents when I was eight years old um, because I was chubby at eight. And so that began my lifelong amazing relationship with food. And then <laughs> as I entered into college, alcohol came and I would drink and then I would overeat and then I would gain weight. And it was just like this constant battle. And of course, I had hangovers and all the things, right? And then as I aged and got older, I got into a more professional working environment. I was in sales and marketing for a long time. I definitely started using alcohol to manage my stress levels. And then I had three kids back to back. And just the more bigger my life got, like the more things I was responsible for, the more I used alcohol to help manage it. My anxiety was really high, had a lot of overwhelm and stress. And I would definitely, I noticed I was using alcohol to really like bring that temperature down at the end of the day. So I would tell myself, I just need to take the edge off on a Monday or a Tuesday, right? And so it, it just kept growing more and more over time. And then finally, I just kind of reached this point in my life where I'm just like, this is too much. Like my life right now is not working. So I actually quit my job and I went on this path to kind of figure my shit out. Started, I wanted to start my own business and I found life coaching in that time. And I learned so much about myself through life coaching about my own emotions and why I was doing the things that I was doing around alcohol and food. And I learned how to process my feelings. I learned how to manage my mind and it completely changed my life. And then I started my business and now I'm going on five years of not drinking. And I think looking and exploring at your um, relationship with alcohol is a really amazing way 
to do that sort of inner work, right? If you are struggling with honoring your commitments around alcohol, whether that is to stay not drinking or to only have a couple on the weekend, and you keep going back in, in these cycles over and over again, you, you do really well, like maybe you're doing a dry January and then you get through that or you do pretty well. And then your old ways start creeping in again. Like you notice these kind of back and forth cycles and it's not something that you look over time. You're not really improving it overall over time. This is because there's this internal thing that's happening with your emotions and your mind that you want to dig a little bit deeper. So in these classes that I'm going to be teaching you and we're kicking it off today, we're going to go a little bit deeper than just talking about not drinking. Okay. Because really the reason why we overdrink isn't because so much of the alcohol, it's about what we're feeling inside, what's happening for us internally. So what we think about our work, what we think about ourselves, what we think about our relationships, what emotions haven't we learned how to be with and process and notice, right? So that's what we're going to be focusing on during these classes. So that's just a little bit about me and sort of how I came here. And um, yeah, I'm super excited. Wow, Janie, hi, I'm a repeat follower. I've cut back from about 35 drinks a week to two to four since following you and doing the work in March. That's what I'm talking about. So good. Congratulations. Okay, so hi, Susan. Um, the first thing is I think it's really important to decide what you want to do. So having a goal for the next 30 days, I think is really important. So if you're on the fence about doing the full month of January without alcohol, it's okay. I would just decide then for the next seven days, what does this look like for you? Do you want to not drink for the next seven days? Yes or no? And just make that decision ahead of time. We don't want to keep making the same decisions every single day right? Because that kind of wears us out a lot. We're like, am I drinking today? Am I not? Like waiting for those in the moment, if we get an urge or a desire to drink and then making those decisions, that's that exhausts us. So let me just give you an example. Say you're just like, I'm going to see how it goes this month, right? And then tomorrow rolls around. It's a Tuesday and we're like, you had a bad day or you're bored or something, right? And it comes to the end of the day and you get into your old patterns and you're like, I didn't really commit to doing the full January. And like you start that chatter in your mind, right? And then you decide to drink. That is you being in response to how you're feeling and you're probably going to overdo it. And that's not really being intentional about what you want to do. So I want you guys to make decisions ahead of time so that you really know what it looks like. If you don't want to commit to 30 days, that's fine. Just I would commit to like what you're going to do for the next seven days. Okay, so maybe like for the next seven days, I'm not going to drink. And that's a hard commitment for you. And I would write that down on a piece of paper. Okay, and then after that seven days, we can think ahead for the next week. Okay, that went well, like maybe I could do another seven days. And then you write that down. Okay, if you are doing dry January this month, I want you to write it down on a piece of paper right now. I am not drinking for the month of January. Okay, writing out what you want to do sets it into motion. So when you write things on a piece of paper, your brain sees that written out and then it reads it and it just reinforces the plan that you're making, right? I like to compare this to any project or thing that you're going to execute at a job, right? Or say you're building a house, you're having construction done. You don't just keep the shit in your brain or you, you have to you, you like create a plan and a strategy, usually on paper or in a document form, and then it's executed, and so I want you to think about this is a project, right? This is like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing and not drink. Is it for the whole month or if it, for the next week? And I want to reinforce that and make that real. And so I'm going to write it down. Does that make sense? So you want to reinforce the intention that you have and you make that decision before you're in your normal patterns, right? Because that will help you be more successful. Let me know if you have any questions about that. And if you're all committed to writing down everything that I just talked about. Al, I've been cutting back successfully, but still not where I want to be. So I want to commit to dry January, which I've never been able to completely before. Excited, but scared of failure. Yeah, that makes sense, right? 
makes sense that you're scared. Nobody likes to fail. Doesn't feel good to like not do something that we set our minds to doing, right? That's okay. Like, this is what I want you guys to tell yourselves. If you're nervous about it, if you're scared of failing, just it's like, it's okay to be nervous about it. It's okay that you don't want to fail. Tell yourself that like, it's okay that I'm a little nervous, right? I haven't been able to do this before. And just let that be okay, right? It doesn't doesn't need to be a problem that you're nervous or anything like that. You also just don't want to rely so much on what you've been able to do in the past to dictate what you're able to do in the future, okay? Because the what you've done in the past is, is information, but it doesn't typically 100% predict what you can do in the future. What predicts more of what you can do in the future is learning how to manage your mind and doing some of the tools that I teach you, like writing things down, learning how to allow and process your urges, getting support when you need it, like those kind of things and the tools will help you be more successful than really looking at your past and being like, well, I haven't been able to do it before. So I'm not real sure if I'm going to be able to do it in the future. That's not a real good tool <laughs> to look at to predict what is going to happen for yourself in the future. I'm just reading your comments. Yay, it's your first dry January. I've been cutting back for the past few months. Excited to prove I can be alcohol-free for a whole month. Awesome. Carolyn, I'm very nervous. I have a boyfriend that drinks a lot and a lot of the time. We're going to talk about that, okay? Because that's uh, our partners and our friends or social situations are obstacles. They can be obstacles for us to be successful. So I want to talk about that. And you're already future tripping about a ski trip mid-January. Yes. <laughs> So that'll, that'll fall into that category as well. Yeah, the boyfriend drinking, husband's drinking, all of that. Yeah, so that's totally normal, right? So most of us who drink a lot have people around us that also drink. That's, you know, people are like, we tend to gravitate for towards people who have likes, like, like interests and things, you know? So it's normal for people who overdrink or who drink a lot to be around people that do too. My husband and I got married in a winery, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> we were very heavy drinkers at the very, you know, at our, a long time for our relationship until I, you know, changed my relationship with it five years ago. And now he barely drinks, but he, you know, he, I think he was a little bit of concern when I started doing this. Like he just didn't understand what that would look like for us and our friendship circle and all of that. And I just had to show him through my own actions about, that like I'm I'm still the same person. I still like to have fun. I still can be social. I'm not going to push my agenda to not drink onto anybody else except for me. And I, but he was scared of that because I had pushed him to do that in the past through all the different diets and shit that I do, like extreme, like we're going to do a juice fast for 30 days and we're going to do raw food for blah, blah, blah. And like I would make him do the thing that I was doing. And so he didn't want to do that with alcohol, <laughs> right? So I just decided to focus on me and let him do whatever he's doing, right? And I'm not going to try to monitor him or control him or anything. If he offers me a drink, I'm just going to say, no, thank you. I will communicate to him what my goals are, what I'm working on, anything I want to, but I don't expect him to change because this is something that I want to do for myself. And when I can do that for myself, it it, it did bleed over into the rest of my friends and my family and my husband barely drinks down. He's gone many, like he does long-term breaks without it. Not really even intentionally occasionally has a glass of wine, like around the holidays or something, but it's very, very small. And so we were both very heavy drinkers when we, you know, for a lot of our relationship. Um, so I just want you to know that that's possible. And that's very similar to what a lot of the women in my program um, tell me as well. Like it just natu it naturally, they start to naturally drink less because you're not doing it with them. So you can do whatever you guys want, Robin. Like you're asking about what about damp January? <laughs> um, I plan my drinks, but that would be a big improvement. You guys get to decide what you want to do. There's no right or wrong. Okay. So if you're just now exploring changing your relationship with alcohol, doing a 30 day dry January challenge would be amazing, right? That is a great option for you. 
planning your drinks ahead of time to be significantly lower than what you normally do is also a really good option. You guys get to decide what that looks like. Everybody's journey is different. So I, when I started my journey, I did dry January. So that's what I did. I did. And then I didn't drink for a full like 90 days. And then I started planning my drinks again. And then about the six month mark, I decided that I was done drinking. And so that's when I decided not to drink anymore. That was my journey. That was just a personal decision that I did, but that doesn't mean that's what you should do. You, I just think you should ask yourself, is this, is this something that I want to do? Does it sound like it would be good for me? Then if the answer is yes, you should do it. (laughs) There's really no right or wrong way to do it. I promise you. A lot of people want to be told exactly what to do. And the best advice I can give you is learn how to listen to what you want to do and what's best for you in your situation. Okay. And the more you can tune into yourself and know how to trust yourself around this stuff, the more empowered you are. And then you don't need people to tell you what to do. Okay. Okay. Allison, this definitely helps when I write down my drink plan. It's been hard though during the holidays. Right now, there's a lot of alcohol in the house from a New Year's party and people brought booze. Um, I did make two alcohol-free punches, which were good, but now there is the temptation. All right. So let's talk about that. I, I actually got this question yesterday in my coaching program. So there's a lot. I want to empower people to change their relationship with alcohol that comes from them, right? So we don't ever want to be scared to be around alcohol. Like that doesn't feel really good, right? Like we don't want to worry if we get offered a drink or we can't go to a restaurant where there's a bar or somebody brings alcohol over to our house. Like that is not real freedom around alcohol, right? That still is like, Ooh, that I might cave or that might be really hard for me. And that might be true in the beginning and we can work through that. But And if you want to be successful, you can think about it differently, right? So instead of I can't have alcohol in the house or I can't be around people who are drinking right now, it's more like I'm choosing not to have alcohol in the house because it's easier for me to work through urges when it's not right there in my cabinet. That is a totally different way to think about it. It's just a different way to, it's like a different mindset versus I can't have it. There's no power in that when you say I can't have it in the house versus I'm choosing not to have it in the house. That's my choice because it's easier for me to say yes to my goals right now. Do you notice the difference? I can't, which which gives you no power versus I'm choosing to not have it here because it's when I'm in my urge and when I'm processing urges and I'm having the desire for it, I want to make that easier for me to say no to the alcohol versus having to look at it and do that at the same time. Does that make sense? Let me know if you have any confusion about that. So if you don't want alcohol in your house this month, then don't have it. But don't say to yourself or to other people, I just can't be around that right now, right? That means the alcohol is in control of you drinking or not. And that's just that's just not even true because we always have we always have to decide what we're doing or not doing before the alcohol gets ingested right so don't make alcohol or it being in your house or other people responsible for you to be successful okay you want to decide i'm doing this to help myself be successful and so that could be removing the alcohol from the house maybe not going out to bars after 6 p.m. or you know like hosting people with that have a lot of drinks and stuff right now. It's a totally different way to think about it. You're having more empowerment within yourself or not having empowerment. So if you notice yourself saying, I can't this month, I'm not allowed to, um, you can't bring that around me, that kind of stuff, just check yourself and be like, okay, does that feel empowering? Like I'm the one in control here, or I'm, or am I trying to make sure that there's no alcohol, nobody's drinking around me, nobody's offering me anything, like making sure everything in my environment has to be a certain way for me to be successful, or am I deciding to be successful and changing things? It's a, it's a different way to think about it. Okay, cool.
Kim, had friends visiting this weekend, wrote down zero drinks, but was thinking about changing that once I found out we were going out to dinner. I decided to be the driver and had zero drinks. Everyone else had a few drinks. I ordered my soda, cranberry with lime, had tea. I felt okay with my decision and rested the same. Amazing, right? <laughs> like a lot of times we don't even realize like what a big deal it is to not drink. It Like really, like nobody cares usually as much as we think that they will. And it's usually not as terrible to not drink as we think it might be, right? So just know that like we we create a lot more drama in our minds about it than the reality. Nobody is really paying attention. And if they do ask you a lot of questions, you are in no obligation to tell them anything. You're like, I just don't want to drink right now. You know, I'm an adult. I can decide what I want to do. I don't want to drink and change the conversation. You don't owe anybody any explanations for anything. Yes, it is being recorded, Amy. Yes, Carolyn, I really want this for a lot of reasons, self-control, weight. I made sure there is no drinks in the house as of yesterday. Cool. Okay. So when you think about this month and the week, the weeks ahead, right, we've got weekends, you know, maybe there's holidays, maybe you have social events coming up, going on a trip, whatever. You want to think about some of those things now and like identify them. They might be obstacles, right? So if you're used to drinking on the weekends or if you're used to drinking when you go on a ski trip or if you're used to drinking at night with your husband or your spouse or your boyfriend, you know, like those could be obstacles for you to overcome. Okay, so I want to just have you sort of like kind of bring those things up in your mind right now and think about, okay, so th these things I have on my on my calendar, these things are happening. What? Well, how do I want to handle those things? Right. So we want to like, again, like kind of think about this as a work project. We don't we try to identify obstacles with like a work project ahead of time. So we're not just like going along, going along, and then boom, we're hit with this thing that we didn't know what to expect. And now we have to try to figure it out while it's happening, right? We kind of want to look ahead and be like, okay, I might really want drinks during that ski trip. So how am I going to handle that? How am I going to strategize to set myself up for success when my typical patterns are going to be pretty visible and I might have some urges and there's going to be people drinking around me. So how can I handle that? How can I overcome that obstacle and think about your own personal strategy for how you're going to handle that stuff now before you're in the moment of it? Because when you're in the moment of it, you can be flooded with feelings. You might have urges. And that is not when we have access to the best part of our brains. Okay. We have access to the best part of our brains like right now right? It's like midday, maybe it's, you know, you're at some of you are on the West coast in the morning, not typically in our normal drinking pattern time, right? We're still fresh. No problems have probably started for the day yet. And we can access some of our like problem solving parts of our brain so much easier than we can when we actually are in the throes of an urge. So this is what happens. I love this saying that one of my mentors told to me it was when emotions are high intelligence is low okay so when you're having a real strong urge that's a feeling that's a vibration in your body it's an emotion that's like a big flood so your emotions are high your intelligence your problem solving capabilities are going to be low at that time and so that's why you want to have a strategy for when that happens in the moment thought out before you're in the moment of that does that make sense so I just want you to think about maybe just one thing we could do together. Like what's one obstacle that you can think of for the next month that you might want to have a strategy going in for before you're in it? Just type that in the comments. Kim, what I'm exploring is it is it easier to not drink to be making a plan? I made plans for most of November and December until the last week. Then I had a couple over drinking days. I have to plan for the obstacles better. So you guys get to be the, like the decider on this stuff. Um, I don't think it's a fact that it's easier to not drink than to plan drinks. 
But this is where your whole you're learning about yourself and your relationship with alcohol, right? So if you're planning your drink, say you're not drinking Monday through Thursday, and then you have a couple drinks on Friday and Saturday on your plan, okay? And you do that, you make that plan, you execute that plan, you're not overthinking things. Um, you're not spending a lot of time wondering if you're going to drink and stressing out if you're going to overdrink. It's not occupying a lot of time and space in your brain. You're able to have those planned drinks without a lot of chatter after your planned drinks are done. Um, you're feeling fine the next day, all of that stuff. Then that's probably fine for you. But if you find yourself planning your drinks and it's causing you to overthink and spend a lot of time in your head about it and then you're over drinking consistently with your planned drinks and all of that then that just might be this might be a good month for you to explore not drinking and to kind of get clear on some of that right and to really explore more of what you're using alcohol for because usually when we over drink even if we've planned it it's because we're still trying to use alcohol as an emotional tool like even if it's planned ahead, you could still be feeling the need to, to use it if you're feeling bored or tired or pissed off or lonely, or you want to amplify the fun experiences or those fun emotions too. So a break could help you get clear on what some of those reasons are for you. And then you can come back and try it again if you want to, right? So what what I'm hearing from you, Kim, is like, then you had a couple over drinking days, but you didn't make it a plan. So if, is that true that you, you were doing, you, you're not over drinking if you're planning, but the, the moment you stop planning is when you're over drinking, then it sounds like the plan is a good thing for you. Right. So I would keep planning. So let me know if that helps with that question. It is absolutely okay to remove yourself from an uncomfortable situation, Donna, always and forever. You know, if it feels really uncomfortable for you, just take a break into the bathroom and just try to breathe. Or it's like, you know what, guys, I'm tired. Especially in the beginning, you guys want to think about social situations and stuff. And you're going to be learning so much about yourself. A lot of times we go out to a lot of social situations and we drink. And when we don't drink, it's like, this isn't really fun. You know, I these people without drinking don't really like to be around them. <laughs> And so if you need to drink to be around people to tolerate them, it's like, why can't we just not be around those people? I mean, at the beginning, when you guys are working on this stuff, you're going to have to like have some boundaries for yourself. And it might feel a little bit more extreme to support yourself. And then once you get more comfortable and you get more clear on like some of this internal work that you need to do, then these things become a little bit easier to handle and you can start doing more. But at the beginning, it's like you almost have to be really selfish and you have to put yourself first. And that's okay. We should be doing that more anyway. Okay. So if you're feeling uncomfortable and you notice that while you're there, you can be like, guys, I'm tired. I'm, I'm going home. I'm not feeling well. Just, just go, right? Always have an exit plan. That's that's what I advise anyway in social situations is for these obstacles that you guys just listed, a lot of them are social. So if you don't want to drink during that time, make sure you have your own transportation to and from so that you can go, like, I'm just going to go for 90 minutes and then I'm going to leave. Because what you don't want to get into a situation is being trapped or stuck in a very heavy drinking situation and you can't get out of it, right? That's not setting yourself up for success, right? And then we get tired. <laughs> we get frustrated because everybody's drinking around us, probably starting to slur their words at this point, And the conversations are not going anywhere. This is not something enjoyable for you. And you might be more tempted to drink because everybody else is. So you want to set yourself up for success and have an exit plan for those social situations. Deidre, <laughs> you're saying I need to drink to tolerate being around my soon-to-be ex-husband. Yeah, so we're making a good decision on that, right? <laughs> yeah, Donna, you can find your friend that I would be leaving early because of the amount of alcohol being consumed. There's no problem with that, right? Yes. Susan, having non-alcoholic drinks in the house around that sort of that witching hour, um, leaving gatherings early when I start feeling bored with all the drinking. Yeah, like honestly, like my nights 
my before I I stopped drinking and did all this work, I would be, I would want to be you know the life of the party, and I would stay out really late and go from bar to bar to bar, or whatever. And now that I don't do that, I just I go to bed earlier, and I have my mornings of having my fun time, right? So I journal, I drink my coffee, I get myself in the right mindset for the day, all that kind of stuff, exercise. And so though my mornings have become my evenings, like whereas before in the past, my evenings were like my me time to drink and to do whatever I wanted to do, like watch TV. And now it just looks different. I replaced that alone time that I needed, like the break from the kids and the work and all that stuff. You know, like that's, that was my pattern. It's like, I just need to take a break. I just want to relax. And so I'd want to drink and watch TV and eat. Right. And now in the mornings, I drink my coffee, I journal, I exercise. That's my me time. That's where I give myself those breaks. Makes sense. So it just, it looks different. So think about if you still want to hang out with your friends, social situations this month, make coffee dates, go on a hike together, do daytime stuff that, you know, you can be around the people that still that you drink with, but you're not in the same type of situations that you normally drink together. That's what I did with all of my friends. And it worked out amazing. I had better relationships with them because we were actually having interesting conversations during the day because we weren't drinking. And, you know, I would be exercising or, you know, doing things that I enjoy with them instead of just going to our old patterns of like sitting at a bar. At the beginning, I would go to the bar with them and like order coffee, but I really don't do that anymore. It's really like lunch date, breakfast, hike, something like that. Rarely I go out for dinner just because I'm, I've got a lot going on in the evenings now with all my kids and stuff too. So yeah, Courtney, you're trying to get clear. I'd over drink way too much. That's a really good. Thank you for sharing that, Courtney. And I'm glad that you're exploring this right now. Dry January or taking a 30 day break can really help you get clear on what's what's going on. Why are we over drinking so much? Right. Because when we take a break from it and remove it as an option to deal with our lives, we get to see all of our triggers. Right. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They're scared of that. And I don't want you guys to be scared because, you know, it's there anyway. (laughs) It's just we're going to get a little bit more conscious of it. So like if you really don't like your husband or if you really hate your job and all that other stuff might come up. And that's information that you want to see. Because you're probably not living the life that you actually want to be living. Okay. And it doesn't have to be so extreme as the examples that I just mentioned, but it could be like, you're saying yes to way too many people, right? You're, you're doing way too much and you don't need to be doing all of these things in your life, like cooking every meal, doing all the cleanup, working full time and taking care of all the details of your household, right? Like that makes you feel resentful. And then we drink, right? Or we're like, this is the only piece of pleasure that I get in all day. I just do, 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 do for everybody. So when we take a break from alcohol, it's like not an option to deal with our life anymore or to make it better. Then we get clear on our life. We get to see what it is and what we're thinking about and how we're feeling about our lives. And then we can start fixing that stuff. So you don't need to escape with alcohol. So that's getting to the root of why you're over drinking in the first place. So don't miss seeing that this month. Grab a journal, go buy yourself a journal. When you're sitting there and you're like, oh, this is a time I normally drink, ask yourself some questions. Okay, what do I think I would feel if I would have a drink right now? It's a really good question. So if you guys aren't paying attention, come back to me. Okay, what do I think I would feel if I were to have a drink right now? Okay. Probably in the moment, it's like I would feel more relaxed. Um, I would be able to shut off the chatter. I wouldn't feel so anxious, right? I'd be able to um, stop thinking so much, right? That's what's going to come up to you. And so that's the stuff that you want to get aware of. So if you are feeling really anxious, right, why? Why do we feel anxious? Because we have a lot of ruminating thoughts about all the things in our lives. And so we need to work on that. We need to learn how to manage our mind. We need to learn how to take better care of ourselves, right? And to do things that support us instead of steal our health and our energy and our vibrancy that is available to us when we're not numbing out with alcohol all the time. Yes, Lynette. 
yeah, there's so much. Everyone's like, you described me to a T. Um, yeah. So like, that's, I was just like, I'm the only one that has to, right. I'm the only one. It's like, and it was true. And I needed to learn how to let go of some things and to start saying no more. Right. It's like, no, I'm not going to be available. I'm not a computer that just keeps a running list of information in my head that's available for everybody to ask me a question at any given point in the day, right? Three kids, husband, my own company, all the things, right? It's like, I am not available for that. Go figure that shit out on your own, (laughs) right? So I carried a lot of resentment and anger about that. And my solution to that at the time was to drink, to numb that to quiet that down, but it really isn't a solution. The solution is cleaning that up and learning how to have boundaries with yourself and for other people. No, I'm not doing that anymore. I just, just this week, I said, I'm done right now making dinners at night. You guys need to figure that out. They're like, what kind of a mother doesn't cook their family dinner? It's like, yeah, I don't know, but I'm not doing it for now. And guess what happened? My oldest child went, had my husband take her to the store and they cooked dinner for everybody last night and they have plans. They thought about what they wanted for dinner tonight and they're cooking it again tonight. That's what happens. And now I don't have to worry about that. Right. You need to be okay with asking for what you need. And some people aren't going to like it at first and that's okay too. Yeah. You guys, I know this so well because I've lived it. And I just want to give you some hope and some inspiration that it can be better. But a lot of it is just, you know, you're taking a break right now and you're going to get aware. You're going to have, you're going to notice your thinking on a high level over the next month. And so your journal and just write, like keeping it in your kitchen counter and just writing how you're feeling and what's going on in that mind of yours down, just dump out your thoughts, your stream of consciousness thoughts without editing yourself at all. So you can see it. Right. And you're like, Oh, the first time I did that, I was like, Oh, no wonder I drink. (laughs) I had so much shit in there that needed to be cleared out. Okay. And then you can decide what to do with it. Right. There's solutions. You can change the way you're thinking, which is a valid thing to do. I change the way I think all the time. You can let go of some of the tasks that you do and ask for help. Huge thing, right? You can pause and process and work on those feelings instead of wanting to escape them. You do that too. There's just a lot of different tools that you can use that isn't just your automatic behavior of going to finding that drink. Okay. But we got to get clear and awareness is the first step. That's why I really recommend writing things down as they're happening for you. So you can understand what your patterns are this month. And at the end of the month, you know, it doesn't matter if you made it through the whole month or not, you will have learned so much about yourself. And now we have information and now you can make some choices about what you want to do going forward. Does that make sense? Donna, I had to retrain my brain. I now remove myself and go read or clean. I can now, I now sleep so much better. Yay. Right. Like it's uncomfortable to do this in the beginning and you guys are going to have to work through your urges and you're going to have to see this stuff and you're going to have a lot of chatter in your mind, but it's temporary. Right. So just remember what we started with was you've got this motivational triad thing. It's your primitive brains programming. We're motivated to seek pleasure, avoid pain and save energy. Okay. So when you're in the process of changing the habits that you have, like your relationship with alcohol, and you're all of a sudden not doing that thing, or your intention is to not do that thing, your brain's going to be like, what the hell? And you might hear a lot more chatter than you normally do. You might have a lot more urges than you normally do. That's, that's totally normal. It's just the human condition. Okay. And so expect that and have something ready for yourself. When that happens, your journal, allowing and processing your urges. What we want to do is we want to allow, notice that we're having an urge, breathe and process that through. Okay. We don't want to fight it. We don't want to be like, I'm having an urge. Oh my God. Oh my God. And not breathe. We want to, I'm having an urge and that's normal and breathe and relax and allow that urge to be present. So your de- desire can actually go down. If we, if we clench up and we fight it, that exhausts our energy and that's going to make us weak and then more susceptible to, you know, giving in. 
right? It's like holding that beach ball under the water. Really trying to hold it down. I don't want this urge. No, no, no. Fight, fight, fight. And then it's going to come up, right? Instead, we're like, okay, let's just let it be here. Let's just let it float right here on top of the water. Where am I feeling this? How can I use my breath? I got this, right? So much easier. It takes a lot less energy. And usually if you can do that, it you can move through that urge very quickly and you're on to the next thing. You're welcome. I want to show up for myself and I do carry resentments. I love making meals for my family, but it does keep me from doing shit for myself. Maybe I can do the meals three times a week instead of every day and night. Yes. That's some obstacles, right? That's some obstacles right there. So like if you get tired at the end of the day and that's you're more susceptible to want to drink when you're feeling that way and you're feeling resentment, now I have to make dinner, now I have to clean it up. <laughs> Nobody helps me around here, right? That's going to trigger you to want to drink and escape that. So how can you set yourself up for success? Okay, I'm working on this. I want to make it easy for myself to not drink. So can I maybe meal prep? Maybe I cook three batches of something. We have leftovers. doesn't have to be all or nothing like I am. <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been putting my boundaries out there for a good five years now. And so they're used to me being like, I'm done with this. You guys got it. You know, but, but if you guys aren't used to doing that, that might, you know, not go over very well. <laughs> right. So it can look however you need it to look. Maybe it's just one night you don't do dinner. Right. What does that look like for you guys? What would be easy for you to implement like that? Oh, Nicole, you're so welcome. I really like the idea of having chatter. That's exactly what it is. And it's distracting and stressful. Okay, let's talk about the chatter. Okay, so that's what people think of as the urges, right? That that battle in your brain about, am I going to drink or am I not going to drink? Okay, it's like, okay, I want to drink. Nope, I'm doing dry January. Fuck. I can't drink. I really want to. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Right. That back and forth battle. That's the chatter. Right. And that's the most excruciating part of this is just that back and forth in your brain. So what I like to visualize and recommend you do, too, is like I want to get out of my head. Right. I don't want to be up in here battling with myself about it. So it's just like, boop. I want to like I'm a Lego. I'm going to pop my head off and I'm going to put it over here on the table for now. I'm just going to focus on my body from my neck down. Okay. So if I want to think about something, I'm going to focus my brain on what is happening in my body right now. I'm not drinking, so I don't need to keep battling. I'm just going to put my chatter aside and I'm going to just focus on my breath. I'm going to go into my body. I'm going to breathe. Where am I feeling that need to drink in my body? I feel like my shoulders are tight. Ooh, my shoulders are up. My jaw is tight. Every time you notice some sort of tightness or energy in your body, use your breath to soften it. Release, soften. If you guys do yoga, you guys know how to do this, right? You just use your breath to loosen and allow space in any of those places in your body in that moment that feels tight and hard. And you just do that over and over again. If you do, do that for two minutes, you will get out of the urge and you'll forget about having that drink. I promise you. Right. And then you're like, okay, wow, that actually wasn't so bad. And then you just move on to whatever else you need to do. Right. Maybe you get out of the kitchen. Maybe you need to go for a walk, get some fresh air, drink a glass of water, go upstairs, wash your face. Think about how you can really healthily support yourself in the normal times where you might have those urges. Right. So that's why I wanted you guys to think ahead about your obstacles if that comes up for you and you're in a social situation, what can you do for yourself in that moment that is supportive of yourself? Acknowledging is always first. Always acknowledge. I, I recognize I am having some chatter and I want to have a drink right now. Saying that to yourself is super powerful. And that kind of like gets you more into awareness mode about what's happening instead of like in the vortex of the desire for it. It's like in that tunnel vision of it, you don't even realize what's happening. If you can recognize that that's happening, like, oh, God, yeah, I'm that's exactly what Angela was talking about. I'm having this chatter. I'm having an urge. Okay, what do I do now? Okay, I breathe, right? I pause, I process, I breathe. 
Maybe I should go change my clothes, get out of this environment for a few minutes, change my scene, right? And then by then you've usually moved on. What kind of non-alcoholic beverages do I have? <laughs> you know, could I make myself a cup of tea, right? Like stock yourselves up with some really nice non-alcoholic beverages. I used tea, decaf tea a lot during my journey. I probably drank it every single night. Decaf Paris by Harney and Sons. It was my favorite. But now I drink decaf constant comment. <laughs> That's what I love in the evening. It's a it's a like an orangey black tea. It's decaf, and I just sip on that. It's lovely. There's no like negative side effects of that. Does that help? So Beverly, how do you even get started? Is you just you decide what you want to do. You decide, am I doing dry January or not? you make that declaration. If you don't want to do the whole month, okay, I'm just deciding I'm going to do seven days without alcohol, or maybe I'm just going to decide I'm not going to drink today, but you make that decision ahead of time. Okay. And then you do exactly what we're talking about. You keep your journal in front of you. You get clear on what, what the chatter is in your brain, why you want that drink, work on processing those urges and having like things set up for yourself ahead of time that feel supportive and easy for you to do things that you enjoy doing. Maybe you get some nice bubble bath this month. Um, take all that money that you're, you normally would spend on alcohol and get some really nice, you know, face creams and lotions and get some real nice pajamas, like make it luxurious for you, right? Like you should take really good care of yourself anyway. Use this as an opportunity to learn how to take exquisite care of yourself, right? I never used to wash my face before I did this at night. I would go to bed with full face of makeup on, wake up in the morning, the mascara, the whole scene. And now I start like when I started doing this, I started washing my face. My skin started to improve because I wasn't drinking as much. I, I It was like this reverse aging experience. It was amazing. You know, I started exercising more. I started getting up earlier in the morning, right? I drank a lot of water. Like there's so many self-care things that you can start doing in replacement of the drinking that will help build on yourself feeling good and you'll be less motivated to go back to your old ways. So Courtney, how do we get started on something, a group of support? Yeah. So, um, before you guys all log off, I want to make sure you guys are on the list of my next offering of how you can work with me. So I'm going to put that in the chat. Let's see. So here is a link for you to click on that. And you can do it right now if you want. That's going to open up into a separate web page for you. Enter your email address to be on the list for my next program announcement. I just shut down my six-month coaching program for new um, members yesterday. So you can't join that right now. And I don't have any other ways to work with me. Um, but in the next month, I'm going to be announcing ways that you can join a very supportive community. And I'll let you know of all the details. If you want on that list, just go ahead and go put your email address in there. Okay. But there's a lot of free things that you can do. Um, there's, there's dry January Facebook groups. I would just search that in a Facebook group. That's a really awesome community. I've been a part of that for a long time. Um, listen to podcasts. My podcast is amazing to like fill in the gaps, you know, between our calls this month, um, stop over drinking and start living, read books, read a lot of literature on this and changing your relationship with alcohol. Somebody mentioned, um, there will be a replay. And did you link to your podcast? No, but I will. It's, um, I think it's just Angela Masenic.com. Let me see. Let's see. Here we go. This is my website um, link for the podcast. You can go there or you can just go to iTunes or Spotify or Google, wherever you listen to podcasts and type in stop over drinking and start living. Or you just type in my name, Angela Masenic, and it'll pop up and then you can just click subscribe. So you can find it anywhere. It's on YouTube. Um. The SODSL Facebook group, Lisa, is only for people inside the coaching program or former clients of mine. It's not a free and open um, Facebook group. Oh, Christine highly recommends the podcast. They're helpful and inspiring. Good to do when you are walking. Yes. The, face, the Facebook group I mentioned is just called Dry January. 
So you can just search in Facebook under groups for dry January. And that's a great, um, they don't offer coaching. It's, it's not that they're not going to give you tools and stuff like that I'm talking about here, but it's a community of people trying to do this and they share, you know, what's happening for them and they celebrate each other and stuff like that. But there's no, like, there's no like coaching support or anything like that. It's just a community of, of people trying to do it. Oh, Susan, thank you. Okay, looking back. Okay, so do you guys feel good? Did you did you identify some of the obstacles that you might have coming up this month? And what you want to do for yourself to support yourself and your goals around not drinking that? Do you feel good about that? Do you want to share anything about your obstacles that I can help you brainstorm on or talk about? Um, I think another really good thing is to share with people before you go into things. So if you're going out to dinner or you're going on vacation with people or whatever that is, you know, I recommend sending people a text. Hey, I'm doing dry January and I'm not drinking just a heads up, just so you don't have to do that in the moment. And then like have to sit there and look at their response and wonder what they're thinking and it'd be more awkward than it needs to be. That way you give them a heads up. They can have their own reaction to it without you seeing it. You guys could have go back and forth on text or something and, and answer any questions, but you're just kind of like, this is what I'm doing. I'm setting my expectations. I'm letting you know all of that reinforces to help you be successful. And when my clients do that, when I do that, it's always met with like, oh, thanks for the heads up. I'll have this for you. Or, oh, maybe I'll do it with it. You know, maybe I won't drink too. It, it'll be surprising to the, the positive feedback that you get. Yes. Focusing on self-love and how to take really good care of yourself as your focus instead of like not drinking. Right. So like whatever we focus our attention on is what we get more of. So if you, instead of focusing on just what you're missing by not drinking and focusing on that, like I'm not drinking, I'm not drinking, I'm not drinking. That's my focus. You could shift your focus on like, what am I going to do instead? What could I focus on that feels like I'm gaining something? Right. So that's maybe I'm going to develop a really yummy, luxurious bedtime routine for myself, right? Maybe I'm going to turn my evenings around and try to do something different at night instead of sitting in front of the TV and drinking wine, right? So like, that's what you kind of want to focus on versus like what you're not doing. Does that make sense? So like what, what you have to gain is where you want to put your focus on versus what you're not doing or losing, Okay. You're so, so welcome. Okay, Lynette, returning to work next week will be a challenge. I always, I almost always have red wine as soon as I come home from work. Yeah. So we want to think about, Lynette, think about your routine when you come home from work at night. So like, what do you normally do? Probably walk in the door, go into the kitchen. You know, like for me, it was like walking in the door, I would like scan the scene, where are the kids, where's the husband, what kind of mess is there, what needs to be done, that's where I would go in my mind. And so I'd walk in the door and I would kind of scan in like a 30 second moment, identify that it looked like a big shit show. And then I would like literally I'd go to the wine cabinet and pour myself a glass. Right? So like maybe instead... You could use a different door and walk in in a different way into your house and like just go right up to your bedroom and like wash your face, change your clothes, take a shower, right? Give yourself some time to like transition away from the kitchen. So these are, this is overcoming these obstacles, right? Think about what would be good for you. First of all, we got to understand like what we normally do, right? Take that situation. Okay. How can I change that? What can I do differently when I come home from work this time? that I won't be so triggered to go do my same type of behaviors. So I would just write that down. Like what, what am I want to do differently? And like, write down your strategy for that obstacle. Okay. Nicole, socially is where your obstacles are. You declining invitations to go out. I stayed home on New Year's Eve and find my friends don't want to hang out with me as much because it makes them feel bad about themselves or uncomfortable. 
and they prefer the fun party girl side of me. So I feel lost in your identity. Yeah. I'm, I think that's pretty common, Nicole. Um, do you think that you act differently around them? Is this more of like what you're telling yourself? Or if you don't even know, like if you're declining invitations to hang out with your friends, would you be willing to try for like, hey, I'm going to come meet you guys for an hour, like on this on the earlier part of the meetup and go and have a good time and then leave. And then maybe next time you go and you go for 90 minutes, you know, or then two hours. Right. So get clear on that. Is it things that they've said, like, you're no fun anymore? And if they say that, maybe it's time to get some new friends. <laughs> I really have not experienced that with my people. I was very open and honest with the people when I when I started working on this. You guys, I'm still the same person. I want to have fun. And I made it my mission to like learn how to have fun without using alcohol. So I didn't do a lot of hiding. Um, but that was me. Cause I just, I had this big identity around being a fun person, outgoing, social, you know, type a, just like energetic. I was in sales and marketing, you know, for my whole career. So like, that was part of my vibe and I didn't want to lose that. And so I'm like, I am going to be prove that I can still be fun, Angela and just not over drink. And so I would go to those social situations with my same friend group, but I would limit myself. I would go at the very beginning of the party and leave after an hour. Right. And then I would change it up. I would invite them to go do different things with me instead of it just being around drinking events to maintain those relationships. So think about how you can be creative. If you want to actually spend time with them, if you like them outside of just the drinking culture of it, then that's worth putting in some extra effort around those types of relationships. But I hear you on the identity piece. I mean, it's a big one. We identify as somebody who likes to have fun and drink. I mean, I, I had a big identity part of it too. I actually have a really good podcast episode on that. Um, it's called Your Alcohol Identity. You guys can just search for it on my website. If you go under the podcast um, tab and you search alcohol identity, it'll pop up. It's one of my more recent episodes. It'll really help you understand what that is and how to start making a new identity with yourself. Hi, Joni. You're so welcome, Karen. You're welcome. Go to breakfast. Yes. Oh, thank you, Amanda. She just links up that um, identity podcast in there. So click on that. So you have it. All right, friends. So to wrap it up, we're at the top of the hour. I want to keep us, you know, try to keep these calls under an hour. <laughs> I do tend to talk a lot. Hi, Joni from Washington. Congratulations on your move. Um, decide what you want to do. Make that decision when you're not in the moments of the times that you want to drink. Okay. So most of you here, sounds like you're doing dry January. If you're like, eh, I'm not really sure, decide maybe just to do a seven day break. And then you can make another decision in another seven days from now. Okay. If you're still planning your drinks, totally fine. Just decide that today for the next seven days. Okay. And then let your, expect you to have some urges, focus on allowing and processing them. Look at what's coming up for you. Have your strategy planned out, written out about what you're going to do in those situations to change things up and to support your goals. And remember to use empowering language. We don't want to, we want to get away from saying, I can't do this. I can't drink this month. I can't be around alcohol. I can't be around my friends. I'm choosing to not drink this month. So I'm choosing not to have alcohol in my house because that's going to be more supportive of my goals. That kind of thinking is way more empowering as if you're in control and not the people and not having the alcohol around you is dictating if you're going to be successful or not. Okay. If you do drinks, please stay with me for just a couple more minutes. If you end up drinking and it wasn't part of the plan, I want you to figure out what happened. Don't beat yourself up about that. Don't say, oh, I fucked it up. I have to, you know, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't successful this month. I didn't do dry January. No, because success is also figuring out what happened and learning from that. Okay. We're learning how to do something right now. And it's like learning how to ride a bike. You got to fall off the bike. You have to have many attempts before you're smooth sailing. And this may be what this month looks like for you. So if you do drink off plan, 
right? If you do not follow through, the next day you want to ask yourself these three questions, okay? What worked? What didn't work? And what would I do differently next time? What worked? What didn't work? And what would I do differently next time? From curiosity, not shaming yourself. You're not allowed to beat yourself up about this. And then you just keep going with your original plan, whatever that was. There's no starting over. There's no like, this doesn't count. It's just, okay, That's that was a trigger. I understand what happens. What can I learn from this? And I'm going to the next day. Promise me that. No beating yourself up and you're going to figure out what happened and you're just going to keep going. Okay, give me a hands up, a yes in the comments. All right. You're so welcome. You're welcome. Yes, yes. Yay. It is recorded. So I don't know when the recording is going to be available, to be honest. <laughs> it might be tomorrow, uh, might be the next day, but it, we're going to put together a page with all of the recordings. And if you signed up for this, you will be on my email list. We'll let you know over email um, where you can get the recording. Cool. All right, friends. All right. We So next week, I want to tell you about the next one. On Sunday, this Sunday, I'm doing a, another class on dry January, but I'm co-hosting it with my male counterpart. His name is Patrick Fox. He is a stop drinking coach for men. And he's who I refer all of my husbands and spouses and partners um, if they ask for referrals for men. And so we're going to be co-leading a discussion. We've got some awesome discussion points that we're going to talk about that you don't want to miss out on that. So um, go to AngelaMasonic.com forward slash events and make sure you, you are signed up for that class with Patrick and I. So you can come on. It's on Sunday at noon Eastern time. Okay. So Sunday at noon Eastern time is the next Jai January class with Patrick Fox. He's amazing. Same training as me. Um, it's going to be really bring your husbands, right? Bring your male friends. It'll be really, really good. All right. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. You're welcome. That was amazing, right? Such a good class. Okay, so if you want to come to the other Dry January classes that I'm teaching, all you have to do is go to AngelaMasonic.com forward slash events, E-V-E-N-T-S. That's AngelaMasonic.com forward slash events. And then right there, you'll see Dry January events. Click on the link for the rest of the classes that I'm doing this month. We have three more and I'm doing them weekly. And you just sign up, you'll get an email to join that class and you'll be in and you can get support on, you know, maybe applying some of the things that you learned in this class, come back to the next class and share and ask questions and, you know, really enjoy this month with some free support. And don't forget to sign up to be on the list to hear my next exciting thing. I'm so excited about it. I really want to tell you right now, but I'm not going to. I'm working on building it and it's going to be a very hot fast moving item that will be in, in limited quantity. I'm just going to tell you that and super affordable. So I want you to be on the list to hear that. So make sure you sign up via the link in the show notes on to be the first to hear the announcement of the next big thing. All right, my friends, I will talk to you next week. Bye.